Hey guys, it's Andy. I just want to say thank you again for tuning in. I'm overwhelmed by the love and support I've been receiving from you guys and the feedback I've been getting. I hope you guys are being encouraged and are enjoying listening as much as I have been enjoying creating it. May you see your blessings today and every day. Our lives are our story. So what moments will we cause people to say, I'll remember this forever? On November 29th, 1962, in Orange, California, Gustavo Segura was born. By 1985, he was married with two children. He later attended Riverside Community College before transferring to UC Riverside. For over 25 years, he worked for the Riverside Community College District. He served as a chapter president, vice president, and a past president for the California School Employees Association. He also served on the City of Riverside's Board of Public Utilities as well as served in his church. Needless to say, he was a respectable man. He loved his family. He had six grandchildren and loved them fiercely. He was a larger-than-life kind of human. He accomplished all that he set his mind to. He was purposeful in the way he spoke and acted. He wasn't perfect, but when I think of amazing humans, he comes to mind. He was my uncle, and I don't know how life would have turned out without him. On July 8th, 2022, my Theo Gus took his last breath. He had an autoimmune disease called necrotizing autoimmune myopathy. It's quite uncommon. It attacks your muscles and can start off by taking away your ability to stand or walk or even prohibit you from being able to lift your arms up over your head. It could get aggressive and affect the muscles in your neck or chest, which could take away your ability to breathe with ease. And it was aggressive with my uncle. And that was hard to watch, knowing the strong man that he was. As fresh as it is, I asked my aunt if she would be willing to talk with me about him, to discuss who he was and the beautiful legacy that he created. It's kind of funny because... He would always be um, prepared for that, and it's just weird. Yeah. Um, He was somebody I knew that always was thinking ahead, like Mm. always, like in everything. And he would talk about stuff like when you get bigger and you do this. and, And I remember like as a kid, he would try to tell me life lessons and... Like, I wouldn't even know what it meant. (laughs) 
<laughs> like it was like way over my head but I, he was like you don't know what I'm talking about but one day you will and I'd be like okay whatever but like now I'm like oh like that's what he meant or like I get it like he he was always the person to speak wisdom you know yes. he was a very wise yeah. man um, always planning Yes, always planning, always thinking ahead. So if you could somehow minimize everything you know about him, his personality, his likes, dislikes, his, you know, things he wanted out of life, could you describe him in three words? (laughs) Or what three words would you use? Um, I think... The three words that I know him as is funny and strong and wise, just like you had said. But he always, um, you know, I'm not saying he was this big wise man, but what he didn't know, he always looked for. He he liked to read. He liked to um, study and, and learn a lot of stuff, you know, whether it be technology for work or, you know, stuff or um, working on our home or things, just business. He was always reading and trying to... He was a reader? He was a reader. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was always like, he was always looking, he always wanted to know more, that anything he could learn more, he would would teach himself. Mm -hmm. He was really good at that. That's funny. I never really saw him as a reader, I guess. I never... You know, but I I did know him to be like the techie guy. Yeah. Like I love that he was always the person in our family to have these big PowerPoint presentations of pictures and stuff at parties, yeah. um, and he made that important. And like he was like the social media man before yeah. there was social media. Exactly. You know, he was um, very good at that. I I love that he like instilled that because I feel like that's kind of a passion of mine now and not that I'm like super savvy at all but just the like fact of pictures and and making sure like we record these moments because they're important you know and um yeah I just I always I always loved all his little slideshow presentations yeah he was very good like I said he he would, and the things he didn't know just before it started coming out, he would, he would educate himself on it. He would always read up on it. I'm not saying he was a big book man where he was reading all these books, and but what I'm saying is that he, he always when he knew things were gonna like, t- like the times were changing or something was changing, he would always study on something that he wanted to know to keep know? up with the yeah. times. Just how how did you guys meet? Mm-hmm. Um, we met at Santa Ana High School. <laughs> High school, yeah. Um, uh, we met at a football game. A football game. Yeah. Um, it was so funny because um, there was these little young guys that used to always hang around this group of girls, and they were like kind of these little brats, right? <laughs> Just trying to hang around with us. And I guess one day, one of my girlfriends said, um, hey, Vaughn, there's Gustavo, you know. And he was sitting up on the bleachers, like, with some people back behind us. And so this little kid, 
he runs, he goes and tells him, hey, someone is interested in you. So well, you had a crush on him before yes, you even knew him. Yes. I had seen him at my friend's house at a little gathering. And I, I don't know if it, what it was. Uh, he was tall. And I never could find very many guys that were tall. Because <laughs> I was like one of the taller ones, right? And I just, I noticed him that day. But anyway, that's how um, we met. He was told that I was interested in him. But I I went and hid. Mm. I, I took off because I was so embarrassed. You were held. I think I was uh, 14 or 15. Okay, so yeah. And I was so embarrassed that they went and told him something. And I ran. I t- took off to the girls' bathroom. <laughs> and I'm in there because I didn't want to be seen. <laughs> and... Uh, he actually came looking for me after that. Oh my gosh, that would be embarrassing. That was, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> it was embarrassing. But um, that's how we met, and we were just kind of talking. That my girlfriend came in and said, um, "He's outside. He wants to talk." He's to you. waiting for yes. you. <laughs> it was so embarrassing, and um, I ended up going out there, and we just had a little conversation, and everything kind of ran from there. That's funny. We had a lot of moments where we just laughed in our memories of my uncle. And it wasn't weird, even in the midst of tears, because that's how it was at my aunt and uncle's house. It was always filled with laughter and joy and fun, because that's the kind of man my uncle was. He was a jokester, and he did anything to get a chuckle out of you he was funny he was he always um would just do like random little stunts like i remember when i was probably like eight and i was staying the night here and it must have been like around easter time or something because you guys had a bunch of candy Mm -hmm. but you had jelly beans and he was eating them on the couch and one of them fell down his shirt and he like he was like, where did it go? Where did it go? And he pulled up his shirt, and it was in his belly button. <laughs> and he was like, like, it was just like this funny thing. And he just kept like joking about it. And I was like, you're so gross. Oh, yeah. A lot of memories like that. <laughs> he was such a kidder, joker. Too funny. I have so many of those, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. He he was hilarious. He was. He wasn't just a joker. He was a really great teacher, too. And not just with the life lessons, but also in the simple things. I was about nine years old, maybe ten, when I learned how to swim. And that might seem kind of old, but I never had opportunity to take any sort of lessons or anyone to stop and teach me in a real pool until my uncle. He gave me his time and bribed me with a couple bags of hot Cheetos. (laughs) It's as hilarious as it sounds, but that's who he was. He was always willing to get on your level. What is a moment where, like, maybe while you were dating or while, you know, you were still younger that you saw 
something in him that you like knew he was a good man at the time I prayed I probably don't didn't know it exactly at that time but he used to always um we were in high school and um I would always find excuses not to go you know and um he used to have zero period and it was like a PE or something like that and I remember he was always pushing me to go and encourage me and he would actually after he would leave zero period early zoom because he had a car and he would zoom to my house and pick me up we didn't have cell phones but he would tell me you know he would call me from like the phone booth at the school because we used to have a phone booth there like uh, and he said i'm leaving to get you and he would always come and get me and i was like you know i fought him the whole time and any <laughs> any time i was cutting class or ditching with my friends he would always go look for me and try to and he would give me these lectures and he was my boyfriend not my dad <laughs> was so funny. and he would tell me why don't you want to go to school don't you know you need this and it's a good thing to go and because it kind of he was at a place where it snapped that we needed our education and mm. it, it sounds crazy but it's so true mm. and he's always um just wanted me to you know do good and I always knew that you know he's a good guy he cared about you yeah what why do you think that was so important to him education I don't I think like I said he came to a point I don't know if it was who he was with at like who he was like a teacher maybe at school or a counselor that he had been seen um talking to but he something opened up his his eyes his eyes about something and he started going to school and he wanted to graduate and then he was you know trying to get me to do better yeah I know he he always would say things like that to us like stay in school make sure you get good grades do your best you know and I was like okay okay yeah, I am he was <laughs> but yeah he he was like that very stern about it matter of fact like you got to do this you got to and, and I remember that kind of attitude from him too it was like he was such a hard worker like yeah. he he had that kind of work ethic that was just so like driven so just like we got to do what we got to do yeah you know yeah he was uh, yeah he was really good at that and he always been like that it's, it's just like such a characteristic a lot of people don't have anymore you yeah. know yeah I remember um, we were we were married um, we were we were still young but we were probably in our mid-twenties and I had um, stopped I was working some few temporary clerical jobs off and on and, um, we lived in Riverside and I was working in Orange County and I kind of um, I oh I think I quit because it was just too far to drive back and forth. The mm -hmm. traffic was really getting to me, and I just I just told him I can't do this no more, so I quit. And um, he was still doing it. He was still tr commuting, and so I was home babysitting um, like the neighbor's kid baby for probably about a month or two. And then I said I couldn't do that no more. I needed to find a job in Riverside. So. Mm -hmm. One day he didn't go to work. Uh, I don't remember for what reason, but he says, "You know, we're gonna. Um, I'm gonna take you to the county." He goes, "Apply," and I'm like, 
what? That was like a whole big thing for me. I'm like, I'm I'm not going to go into that big old building and go. I was like, it was scary for me. Mm-hmm. I think I was like maybe 20, 22, 23. And um, anyway, he took me. We went in the personnel office and he, you know, encouraged me to fill out the application. And we filled it out and I thought there's no way I'm ever going to do this, you know. <laughs> I turned in the application and and it was like really scary for me. But anyway, I did it because he always used to encourage me. You know, you can do this. You mm-hmm. know, you you know, there's there's bigger, better jobs than what you've been doing. And I was just like, okay, you know, whatever you say. You know, as long as he was with me, I always felt secure and safe. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I would say about two months later, maybe three, um, I got hired on the county and I worked there for like 31 years wow. and retired and like I said those little things that he just was so encouraging to my life about it at those times you don't think about it yeah. you know but but they left the biggest impact yeah like as you're telling me that story like it just to me what speaks the most is how like fearless he was like how he like he's not afraid to put himself out there and to try and like that's not really a quality you see too much anymore maybe it's not that we're held back by fear but rather the giving of our time hearing this story about my uncle made me understand that he wasn't just a fearless leader it made me realize that he really had a vision for his loved ones He believed in them and the potential they held and did everything in his power to help them achieve it if they were willing. That's a kind of commitment and dedication for the betterment of your family as a whole. And that's something very rare. Many people today are quick to say, that's not my job or I don't have time for that. But what a difference is made when someone says, I'll take the time for you. When that time is taken, you give the opportunity to share in your strength. That's, it's such a good characteristic, a good way of thinking. You know, like, I'm not going to know unless I try, you know. Yeah, I I don't yeah. I can never think of a moment that I saw him afraid. Yeah. I think that's what I mean, we were so we were so different in those types of areas like I was so shy and timid and a little more fearful of things to try and he was more like, "No, let's do it." Mm. Or you can do it. He always was just like he was always like that with me. "You can do this." Mm. And and he did he did it too. He jumped into things that he didn't know where it was going to lead him, but he did. You guys were married for how long? 40. 40 years. It's a very long time. <laughs> it is. Um, I've only been married for six, so like I can't fathom <laughs> 40. <Yeah. laughs> but that's really awesome yeah. to be able to say like, but I mean, you've known him for longer, you know, because yeah. since 14, 15, it's a yeah. long time. Um, so I'm sure throughout that time, there has been 
many ups and downs, I'm oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, our marriage wasn't a perfect marriage. We learned a lot. We went through a lot. But, you know. You stuck it out. Yeah. Did what we you did. had to do. We did. And uh, without God, it was impossible. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I think the Lord had a big impact on our lives. He kept us together. He showed us the way. Actually, I, I was I had just started with the county. I was there for probably maybe a year. I don't even know if it was a year. And he got laid off at, mm. in where he was working. He was working at the city in Orange County. And um, he got laid off. And so I was the only one working for a while. And he had been looking. And he just came home one day. He says, I can't. Mm. I'm not going to be able to find something that's going to pay me enough. So, you know that we could afford like, like, to live like so I could support my family correctly and so he just made a decision to go back to school and um, anyway he went back to school and um, he started work he worked a part-time job on the camp he got a, ca- a campus job part-time and then he was working um, part-time on the outside at the mall and you know he was working two jobs trying to do school is that when he was Santa Yes, that was one of his part-time jobs. He was working, I think, in the student service um, department, and they would have him do all these odd things, and <laughs> he was a Santa, yeah. But he, you know, we struggled financially for a little bit, and but it was all worth it. It was all worth it because it all paid off. The, the college loved him. They hired him full-time. He, on top of that, he got some education, you know, his degree, and... and um, you know, like I said, I mean, it, we all, it all came through. I mean, my county job wasn't a lot at the time. I was just a clerk, but you know, like I said, through the years, it just, it all just paid off. It was just, we got, we both got decent jobs before we were able to afford our family and live a, you know, pretty comfortable life. Did he always have that mentality? Like, like I have to be the provider. I have to take care yeah he was like that he he always felt like you know you're you know he was the man and he uh he had to take care of his family and he was my my job was yeah important as as you know bringing in some finances for our family but he knew he was the ultimate one that was responsible Mm -hmm. to hold that like on your shoulders i'm sure is just a lot too like you know, for him to decide that, you yeah. know, that's really big of him. He, yeah, he never was the type to just say, okay, well, we'll just live on your paycheck alone and we'll make it for a while. He would, he always stepped up and said, no. I got it too. Yeah. One thing, one of like the biggest memories for me, um, I think it was at my parents' wedding when my mom remarried. Uh, we were at the venue that Teen Challenge Castle and it was afterwards and like people are just like eating and hanging out or whatever and I was outside playing tag um, with one of the boys in the church I had gotten tagged and he ran off so I was chasing him right just automatic reflex and Gus had uh, he was outside by his truck having a smoke break uh-huh. 
and I didn't know he was out there but I remember I was just running through like the parking lot and I heard Mia get over here and I was like like I thought I was in trouble like he, he was stern you know he had that like gruffy voice yeah and I remember I was like yeah what like <laughs> what did I do and um He's like, why are you chasing boys? Oh. And I was like, what? He's like, why are you chasing that boy? And I'm like, well, we, we were playing tag, right? And he was like, mija, you don't ever chase the boy. You make him chase you. And I was like, but that's not how the game works. Like in my head, I'm like trying to argue. But then I didn't want to argue because it's Gus, right. you know, <laughs> and I like respected him so much. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> and that would be and then I, I like went inside, like all like upset because I was like, that's I wasn't doing anything wrong. But then like it did it. Obviously, it wasn't until like later. Um, I was like, I don't know, 21 maybe and I was going through like one of my first real breakups and his voice just came into my head at that moment because like the boy broken up with me and I had like no closure and I was like what why did this happen like I don't understand like I didn't get a full reason and I was just like so distraught over it and then I just remember that like moment and he was like why are you chasing that boy? And I was like, all right, Uncle Gus, like get out of my head. <laughs> but it, it, it like made me feel like, you know, it comforted me, even though he wasn't there physically. And, and this was when he was still alive, you know. Um, but like that moment, it was like, it was impactful because yeah. it was something that I remembered later that was helpful. And I was yeah. like, Gus is always right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, get, I totally get right. what you're saying. One of the things that meant a lot to me also was, and this is going to get a little deeper, um, was when we were in the hospital. And, you know, it was one of his last days here. And I remember... It's like trying to say something that could sum up, you know, everything that I was feeling. And I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to, like, get too emotional because I know he, like, didn't want that. <laughs> you know, he was so strong. He was. Um, and he that's all he kept telling me was, stay strong. Stay strong. And I'm like, okay, I'm keeping my composure, Gus. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to do my best. But he told me, he said, Miha, it really touched me when I saw what you wrote about your dad. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know the relationship I had with my biological father. But if you haven't, to put it shortly, um... I had an abusive alcoholic father that I learned to forgive and find ways to grow from. And after my dad passed away, I was able to find out more about his life. And it gave me more peace and closure and love for him. I often would 
right things on social media for him to hopefully inspire others to look for the beauty in the chaos, but also to honor him in some way. And that's what my uncle was referring to. But it was my uncle who took the time to brush my hair or make bets with me, who would sneak me a cookie when no one was looking like it was some secret treasure. He was the one who did the most. So Gus said, you know, it, it really touched me that you said that about him because, you know, he, he was my friend and, like, it just really touched my heart. And I, I just remember, like, looking at him as he's laying there and I'm like, I, like, thank you for telling me that, but I think you need to know that I am more thankful for you mm. um, because you were the one who really stood in my life you know you were the one who helped carry me when my dad didn't and I guess it like shocked me a bit because I thought didn't I ever tell him that before like, I, I hope that he knew that before and not just in that moment because I was so thankful for him. I think he knew. I think he, he knew that he was very loved and appreciated. Yeah. Even though we don't probably think so. But I mean, I go through those things too. Like, I hope he knew, you know. Yeah. I mean, he, I know he knew I loved him, but I also hope he knew that how much he actually mattered, you know, actually impacted us and helped us and encouraged us to get to where we are today because he was the person who showed us, you got to try, yeah. you got to do it, you got to do your best. And, you know, if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would ever have cultivated that kind of way of thinking you yeah. know um, exactly like I guess that's why I think it's so important for us to show that to other people because we don't know um, if they have that in their life and it's so necessary to get through life today exactly you know? yes especially today because life is so hard with all the craziness we have, you know? I always thought of him as a father figure because he was always there. Like, yeah. he always showed up for everything. Like, things he didn't have to because I'm, I was just his niece, you know? Yeah. And he, he had such an impact um, on my life because he cared, because he decided that he like wanted to be that example and it was even more than his own family that he he didn't have to worry about me you know and like just again shows like how big of a person he was um that he like allowed himself to be stretched in that way and I, i'm like very very thankful 
that he, you know, he was in our family. Yeah. What do you think that he wanted his legacy to be? Because, like you said, he thought so much into the future. He thought ahead. And he was always thinking about, like, what he could do or what was best for others. If he left anything that... That would be to care for people, just help people. He was just, he strived for that. I mean, he he joined the union at work to, to help those employees that couldn't help themselves and that needed backup and needed someone to help fight for them and when they were going through some hardships at work. And I mean, he was just, he always wanted to help somebody. And um, whether it be his family member uh, so, and it didn't always even have to be financially. It was always just um, to be there for somebody. Just, mm-hmm. and I think that he that if anything he wanted that he wanted to be known for that. Just help others, you know, fight for people that couldn't fight for themselves. Mm-hmm. There would be days when he would come home late because he had to go help somebody at a meeting or go talk to their supervisors or. He was just really busy, and he used to come home and tell me sorry that the union was taking a lot of his time, and and I told him, no, you're fine, I'm fine. I, you you do what you have to do, Gus. That's important. You're helping somebody, you know. Not don't worry about me. I'm okay. I'll let you know if I, you know, I need you here. But you know, you do do what you what you're doing is good, mm-hmm. and that's and that's I totally respect it and. I appreciate you because, you know, you're my husband and you've done more more than that for me. But mm-hmm. I understood that I had to share him because it, it was important and it was, and he was doing something to help somebody, you know. Yeah. I realized in this moment, as much as I was thankful for my uncle's character and his desire to be a person who wanted to empower others, I was thankful for my aunt because she supported him in doing that. And sometimes we forget that we all have a part in helping one another. It's like that saying everyone wants to quote when someone is about to have a baby. It takes a village, but growing into a wonderful human being, I don't think ever really ends. And maybe now that our eyes are open to that fact, we can do better. I um I like how you said that you you respected him because yes, he was a man worth respecting, but it's funny because the way he looked and the way he held himself, it was like he already like made you know he is a man worth respecting, you know? <laughs> like, he just had a certain way of walking that you were like, he's somebody, you know? <laughs> I mean, he he just had that demeanor that demanded that respect yes. before you even met him. And then when you met him, you were like, oh, yes, like, you know, your character brings it all out. Yeah, he you carried know? himself very well in those areas, like. It's hard to explain. You just... You have to see it. Yes, you have to see it to know it. But I do also wanted to talk about how much of a family man 
he was. Um, like we've already talked about how he wanted to provide and make sure everyone was okay and all that. But like he was really big on like bringing people together. Yes, he was. You know, like, I mean, you guys hosted so many parties, so many like yeah. get togethers and stuff. And I don't know. I mean, you could tell me if it was different, but to me, it seemed like he enjoyed his house being used. Yeah, he did. Um, like I said, he loved his, he was at work. He was loved by his employees. He wasn't, he was kind of, he supervised a department where um, he worked with a lot of college kids. And um, so every year he, he would have a, a summer party for them mm-hmm. and they would all it would either be potluck or we would you know oh, yeah, order food that. yeah it started off really small and um it was just like a little group but it was every year and then it started getting into you know bigger and then everyone you know everyone that he knew had to come and family members had to come and it just ended up <laughs> being this big giant cigar party every year where it was employees co-workers family i mean you name it, they were here, neighbors. and uh, But he, he did love getting people together. And we kind of slowed it down when the grandbaby started coming. Yeah. And um, focus on the grandkids. Yeah. And, um, and we did. We kind of slowed off on the partying. Um, and so every year, the money he used to use for the parties, he started taking the kids somewhere every summer. And... We would rent motorhomes. We would go places, and he did it as much as he could every year. He made it a tradition. Um, we went anywhere from the Grand Canyon to New York. You know, yeah. it was just it was a, it was always fun. He loved his grandchildren, and he always just wanted to be their papa. You know, he just always wanted to make sure he showed them that um, there's more to life than just school, and you know. Mm-hmm. Well, grandpa's going to take you somewhere, you know, and he wanted them to see other places and get them cultured. Yeah, he and he loved them. He always had his little sit downs when they needed correction and what he thought. And he always instilled what he instilled in you, you know, that, you know, there's always you, you can do it. You know, you get your education, you know, you, you know, that there's going to be more to life than certain things and. He was just good at that. Yeah. He was an encourager. Yeah, he was. One of the last things he told me was, um, he was like, stay strong and keep the family close. Um, That's all he said. Stay strong and keep the family close. Like, that's your circle. My circle the people that I'm connected to. His words caused me to think, how can I connect better with my family? How can I show them they matter to me? In the hospital, um, when we all knew that he was going to be going, uh, all the grandkids, they, the hospital, they, the doctors let the, all the kids in and everybody in. It was, like, sad, and it was, you know, of course it hurt, because I knew he was going to leave me, but I just couldn't believe how he just, he spoke 
like a special word to each and every one of them on the side of his bed, you know. I just, I couldn't believe that. And he just told him how much he loved him and to keep going and to do this. And, you know, he was telling him, you know, do, you know, like Damien, be strong, take care of your mom, you know, and Gabriel and the girls. He was just, each one of them, he would pull, he pulled each one to the side and he just like, he told him, you know, something, you know, and I just like, I can't, it's just like, it just blows my mind. But uh, like I said, even on his deathbed, it's just, it was just, he was being there for others instead of everyone encouraging him, you know. And it's just like, wow. I think that uh, he knew very much so the impact that he had on everybody's life. I mean, obviously everyone was coming from near and far to get in their last moment with him because they knew he was someone important, you know, because of the life he led, but he knew what it meant, you know. He he wasn't a selfish person. He was always thinking of others, like, like you said. At his uh, funeral... The amount of people that showed up alone spoke volumes, but like that place was overflowing, you know, people had to come to be there because of who he was like, and, and it wasn't even like just our family. It was like all these people from the school district, from the, the board of Riverside because of how much he not just was involved with things but was about people and you know i just i hope that when people hear this that they understand that one person can impact multitudes of people yes you know and it's a lasting impact it's not just um, you know, it's not always just that little moment you think, oh, they won't even remember, but like it matters and everything we do matters. Yes. And he, he got that, like he understood that and he made it count. He made his moments count. And, um, yeah, I just, I can't stress that enough that like he was like such a great example of that every little thing like he said it and he knew exactly what he was meaning even if I didn't you know exactly um he was just a very purposeful person yes he did he was so I really appreciated how he made all of us feel special and you know whether it was just like me and my brothers or you know even other friends that would come over and he would all take our measurements <laughs> on the pantry door oh, yeah. and he would be like okay it's a different year like let's see how much you've grown but I remember I was getting into like high school and I was like don't measure me <laughs> because I knew I hadn't grown <laughs> that's so funny and he was like come on you've you've probably grown an inch and I'm like no I didn't I know I didn't can and I was like all embarrassed and I didn't want to do, I was, you know, going through that like <laughs> yes. preteen yeah. mood swings and stuff. And 
and he was like, come on. And I didn't want to, but I did it to like humor him. And of course it wasn't any different, but he was like, no, it's like a centimeter. <laughs> like he was just trying to encourage me. He was like, it's like a centimeter different. I'm like, it's not, but Aww. okay. But... He always made sure he had his nieces, nephews, I mean, grandchildren. I mean, you name it. They always had to measure themselves every time he visited. He just wanted, and he marked it when you guys grew. Yeah. You know? And then later we'd come back, oh, let's go look where you were. <laughs> I'm like 20 years old. I'm still the same height. But it was just funny. He, you know, he always just, and it wasn't even just to like, it was to make you feel special, but it also was like he wanted to remind you that. Like you're still here. Yeah. Like I still exactly. I still remember you. I still yeah. think about you. Exactly. And like that yes, that makes you feel special, but it's also like I matter. Yeah. You know. He made people always feel, feel like that. Yeah. I think if anything that um that he always wanted um he always taught me, you know, that people are people mm. and we're all the same, you know, we're human, we're, we're, we go through things, we, no one's better than someone else just because of what you look like or what you wear mm -hmm. or the money you have, but people are people and he, he loved them all, you know, like he worked with businessmen, he worked, he helped the janitors, you know, he, and he never wanted, um, he never liked people to judge. Mm -hmm others by the way they looked and um, you know you were saying earlier how he carried himself you know he was this like you mm -hmm. know this and you know he had a style of his how he carried himself and what he wore and that was one thing that he used to uh, get angry about because people would judge him by how he looked because he looked like that you know real strong you know type of what you want to say like i don't want to say like gangster but like but you know mm -hmm. that's what they would do they would say oh look he you know he's probably more on that gangster he looks like like more mafioso st style <laughs> guy or something but he wasn't he yeah. was he liked the style he, and he wore it and he goes i'm not gonna change i'm not a cholo and mm -hmm. i'm not a, i'm not a gangster guy i'm just this is what I like and I'm comfortable in it and I'm not going to change for people just because they think I'm somebody I'm not. Mm -hmm. And he always, um, he always stuck to that. He goes, just because I'm wearing a Pendleton, um, and Levi's doesn't mean I'm a cholo. Mm -hmm. He goes, and people can't judge me for that until they know me, you know? And when they, people did get to know him, they realized that he wasn't what he, what they thought he was. They learned that he was a good guy and that he loved people and he was respectable and mm -hmm. he could do business and he could do, you know, whatever. And he, he carried that and he never, he never tried to change, yeah. you know, he never tried to change who he, um, his appearance for people, I guess you could say. Cause you know, people like, if you get in this position, you think, oh, I gotta change how I look for people. Mm -hmm. He was never that type of person. He just said, no, I am who I am. And I'll do that job and I'll do this and I'll, I'll help someone. And he could do, like I said, 
he could help someone in this his high president business office that he would help the president of the college to the janitor he was just very good at it and he he always wanted he wanted me and others to always know that people are people and we should help no matter who they are whether they're good i mean rich or poor it's just 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 love people it was good yeah i just want to say thank you for sharing um even though we got a little emotional you're welcome um i know that it was it was hard because of how fresh it is um you know, people are like, well, you know, it's been this long or that long, but there's never really a time frame you can put on losing somebody, you know, everybody's process is different. And, um, especially with someone like Gus, who is so influential and so big, um, it, I know it's hard, um. I didn't think I'd cry, <laughs> but, you know. I knew I would. He's just um, a person worth remembering. Yes, he is. He so is. thank you so much for you're, sharing. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. My Theo Gus was a goal-driven human being, but not just in a career sense not just to bring fulfillment for himself, but also to help others reach the places they were trying to get to. He wasn't just a great person. He was a special kind of teacher. He had every right to be that big boss. He earned that. But he still decided to come alongside people and make sure their burden wasn't too heavy. That's a real leader. He was humble and always open to learning. Disease took his ability to be mobile, but he already moved so many hearts. And sometimes there's people in our life that we don't always see eye to eye with, or maybe we've grown apart from because of time and space or life's busyness in general but when we get the opportunity how will we make that moment count or better yet is there a way you can be more intentional and create that moment can we decide to say i'll make the time for you and show you that you matter It's easy to say we want to, but it's only a matter of doing. So, if you get anything from this episode, I hope that you'll find the courage to move. Remember This Forever is brought to you by Breathe Yogi, a brand that believes in the power of people living intentionally. To learn more, you can follow Breathe Yogi on Instagram or visit breatheyogi.com.